the latest aviation news. Welcome to CAA On Air. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of CA On Air, the podcast from the Civil Aviation Authority. Um, I'm Jonathan Nicholson from the CA Communications team. We're recording remotely today because we're all social distancing, and today's theme is a general aviation theme. So the latest government advice recently published means a lot of GA flying can now take place, but we're very conscious that's not the case for the whole country, so please check on gov.uk and see how it affects you. And also, many people may not yet have So we thought it'd be useful to have a discussion um, about some safety advice before people take to the air. I'm joined today by Hannah Foskett and Neil Winbolt, who are both GA pilots in their GA unit, and also by uh, today's co-host, David Pratt from Communications. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Good to have you. I was going. I was going to ask when you. When was the last time either of you flew? Just oh, to, good um, question. For me, it was a long time ago. Actually, I, I did some flying in Sweden last year, um, but I haven't flown since I've been back in the UK because I've been busy working. Funnily enough. Fair enough. And, uh, yeah, and and for me, a bit, bit more recently than Hannah, fortunately, but uh, but yeah, a combination of the weather and uh, COVID nineteen. I haven't flown since November um so it's uh, yeah be- becoming okay. very frustrating <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. good because it means we're, we're both in exactly the same but a lot of pilots are and that is out of currency yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it's not longer than people right <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, and as you say there will be a lot of people like that as well so um so what we thought we'd do is we'd, we'd split it into kind of the the portions of uh before you fly and while you're flying um, uh, because that probably is the way people will approach their day if you like before um, their their first flight so if we're getting to the position then where we haven't even left home we're we're, um, thinking about going to the airfield and obviously there's a lot of pre-flight happens before you even leave home if you're doing it properly so guys what's the obvious things that people either may have forgotten about not remembered um what what would you guys be doing now if you were going flying tomorrow now 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 that you can well, for me personally, in this situation, this situation is obviously very unique. Um, normally, I wouldn't have to check if my airfield was open or operating, but in the circumstances we see now, a lot of airfields are actually shut. So the actual first thing I'd do is I'd check that my airfield is operating and and what limitations are currently in place. Um, you know, if the airfield has air, air traffic control off there under a flight information service, even if they've got higher ground, like everyone else, they're likely to be working at some form of reduced staffing. So it'd be good to, you know, check their website, give them a call, uh, just understand, you know, who's open and, and what sort of service you can you can expect and, and find out if anything has changed as well. Operating procedures have, have changed or been updated. That's a really, yeah, that's a really good call, actually, because I was speaking to my dad last night, and he does air traffic at a very small airfield, and he's he's elderly. He's one of the only the few there, and he's debating whether he can actually, you know, or should actually go to the airfield. So, you know, very yeah. small airfields, you may find some of the key people do the fire cover, or you know, yeah. uh, the, the licensee or whatever may may not be there. And and you know, he's been watching CCTV and actually seeing members of the public on the airfield as well. So, mm. you know, there's, there's lots of the infrastructure of the airfield that people may need to check, especially if it's not perhaps a licensed airfield. It's a really, really good call, actually, guys. Yeah, so I usually fly from Headcorn, 
um, but it was shut for a large part of the winter because of flooding. Because it's uh, oh, it's a cracking cracking airfield uh, down in Kent, but uh, it does get waterlogged, and it's been shut since the 23rd of March. Um, and I just checked the website this morning, and it's uh, and it's still saying shut. So. It's, it does sound obvious, doesn't it? You know, check the airfields open, but, uh, but it really could, could catch you out. Um, yeah, absolutely. And if, you, if you're flying to any of, if you wanted to do any approaches into any of the, the bigger airports as well, you know, there are a lot of commercial aircraft that are not flying at the minute either, and they have to be housed and parked somewhere. So, you know, some airports have to close some taxiways in order to accommodate those commercial aircraft. So, you know, you might be expecting one taxiway to be open and it's not. So it's really making sure that you can check those procedures uh, still as, a, as you would expect them to be. And if not, what's changed um, and, and plan that. Yeah, and and again, I know it sounds I know it sounds dead obvious, um, but I think when when it's, there's been such a a long break, sometimes the obvious isn't quite as straightforward. But just things like checking your your license is valid, your medical is valid. There's obviously been some exemptions that the CAA have put in place um, to cover the uh, the, the COVID nineteen crisis, uh, and I would I would thoroughly recommend everyone looking at uh, CAP. 1913 so that's cup 1913 it, it i had a look at it earlier it's got absolutely everything in there that you need to know and it's it's actually really nicely laid out you know it talks about what uh what exemptions are covered what that actually means and what action you need to take so i mean there's some some sort of bits and bobs uh about six month extensions to medicals um so if you medically self-declare you've got you've got six months uh, on top of uh, on top of that, you've got six months extension to uh, ER some medicals. So that's so those have been extended out to the eighth of November, um, and then there's been some extensions to licenses as well and uh, ratings. So twenty second of November, um, th- those have been ex- extended out to. And this is obviously only only if you're. Um, licenses were due to expire or your ratings were due to expire between the 16th of March and the 31st of October because obviously we can't you know it can't be extended out for everyone um, but CAP 1913 is is a really good place to start and also for the balloon and cell plane guys and girls CAP 1917 is well worth a look as well because um, actually you might be pleasantly surprised it's, uh, that your medical that you thought was expiring or has expired is actually still in date. So well worth a look. And what yeah. about the aircraft? Sorry, I did not wanted to cut in. What about the aircraft? And um, you know, what kind of checks would should people be thinking about? It's kind of return to service issues, really. But if you've been away from your local aerodrome or the aircraft that you use, um, what should people think about if, again before they leave the house or as they're planning their first flight back? If I was an owner operator, I've got a good good buddy. He's he's got a um, a Piper Cherokee at Headcorn, and um, and I know if I was him, I'd just be just be trouble checking that the uh, paperwork is all in order, that paperwork is in date. Um, you you know you, you you're not likely to have an aircraft fall out of the air because the paperwork isn't up to date. I think we all know that, but but you don't want to be flying illegally either. So just checking checking everything is up to date, and and it might also be worth just um, just chatting to whoever does actually look after your aircraft from an engineering perspective as well. It is possible to get 
out of sequence uh, checks done, sort of post layup checks. If it's not hangered, if it's been sat there throughout winter and, and not being used, then I'd probably have a really good think about all the bits and bobs that I want to look at when I actually get to the airfield and, and just make a list. Uh, before I even leave home because it's so easy to, to miss things when you're doing your walk around and things like that um, if you've got anything in the in the cockpit as well that um, requires a charge so if you're using any moving map displays iPads anything like that that you usually rely on you know think whether they're going to be charged up or not it's probably a really good possibility that they won't be um, yeah, those those sort of things that I would I would probably think about. Charged and, I guess and updated as well with the correct software. <laughs> That's another well, yeah, key thing, isn't yeah, it? Which yeah. you can only you do when you've got internet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, that's really good. And and I think, yeah, those those checks the aircraft. I remember being at GA Airfield and there was one aircraft that only ever came out the back of the hangar about every eight, nine months, I think. And, you know, it used to you know, pull it out, start it up, and you could see the various animals that had um, uh, found a home in it uh, in those eight months, exit the aircraft. And, you know, for some people, we will be in that kind of, kind of situation. Um, now, one thing... That that um, um, I know we quite often recommend or lots of people recommend is, is doing a flight with an instructor if you haven't done for a while. Now, in the current situation, that, that may not be possible, but do we think instructors would be open to sort of doing um, remote uh, checks with people either online or on the phone? Um, absolutely, uh, 100%. You know, most flying clubs and flying schools would encourage you to contact an instructor ahead of going flying. And, uh, you know, people haven't flown for months. So this is a really good opportunity to sit down with, with, another, with an expert and go over potential scenarios, um, go over checklists, you know, uh, get your theory back to being sharp again. And, um, and th- there's absolutely only a benefit that you can gain from doing that. Um, so yeah, yeah, 100% recommend it. This is where the biggest danger is in the fact that we are so out of current set and, and skill fed and degradation of skills. Um, I can't stress how important it is. No, I was, I was going to say, I mean, there's, there's, it, it, I don't think it matters how many hours you've got. I mean, I, I used to fly in the military, but I think we all know that, um, practice makes perfect and all that. And if we just simply haven't been practicing, then there's, so much uh, skill fade over time and I know I'm I'm terrible for that I mean doing doing the day job um, trying to teach the kids maths and English at the moment and, and a bit of science and and uh, you know we've all been under a lot of, of different pressures I think during this lockdown period as well and yeah. sometimes the, the brain I know my brain anyway has only got so much room so just I think Getting in, in touch with an instructor is a, is, a, is a cracking idea if you can do that online or over the phone. Um, obviously, if you're a member yeah. of a club, you probably, if you're hiring an aircraft, you, you're going to be unlikely to be able to go at the moment as we speak today anyway, because obviously you, you've got to socially distance. So unfortunately, you won't be able to go up with an instructor um, and, and the club probably won't hire you the aircraft. So I'd say that the, the greatest danger is probably owners, uh, owner operators who, you know, perfectly skilled, perfectly good, but uh, might just be out of, out of practice. So, yeah, no harm in, in contacting an instructor uh, or, or, or whoever you, you know, you do your annual, um, your biannual check with, or if you've ever had to reval and, and 
fly with an examiner, what have you, just just get in touch. I'm sure they, uh, they'd welcome the call. And, yeah. and also at the moment as well, it's a great way to support the flying schools, isn't it? So, you know, if they Absolutely. can't trade and they can't train, then, um, you know, actually a, an existing PPL asking for help and supporting them in that way, you know, is, is a great boon. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen lots of, you know, uh, flying clubs and schools providing their pilots with flight instructor briefs, you know, just short 30 to 45 minute briefs uh, ahead of getting back up in the air. And and the associations as well, PPLIR have been doing a lot of work around uh, briefing with instructors and using simulators. Um, and so, yeah, just incredibly beneficial. And don't be afraid as well, before you leave the house, to have a run through of your checklist in a nice, quiet space at home and just test yourself, you know, see what you can remember, what you can't uh, and uh, how you would react and what you do in, the, in different situations. It just can't hurt. And I think just to stress again, if there's one single most important message to give in all of this podcast, it would be if you don't feel up to scratch with your flying abilities before you leave the house, don't fly. And there's no safety risk whatsoever involved in you staying at home, but there is much more safety risk. And it's, and it's backed by the, the stati- safety statistics we see at the CA that, you know, if, you're, if you haven't flown more on average than two hours a month, uh, you are much more likely to, to be involved in some sort of incident. And most people have not flown, <laughs> they've flown zero hours in, in months. So give yourself the best chance to stay safe. There's a, just on that point, actually, Hannah, there's a, there's a really good um, currency checker on the BGA website. So obviously, you know, I'd recommend everyone goes to the LAA, BMAA, AOPA, BGA, you know, go to, go to all the different websites. Gasco, absolutely fantastic. Um, and look for information. And there's a really good uh, currency checker tool that I, I, I see Gasco have been using and the BGA have used basically looks at what's your overall experience and then how recently did you did you fly uh, and it, it gives you a very simple traffic like system um, and I suspect most people would be in the red right now if if not everyone so I'm sure we might talk about um, pilot distraction you know later on when we get to the sort of next stages but in terms of sort of general distraction it's been an extraordinary time for for everybody pilots and non-pilots alike so I think all your points about preparing before you leave the house finding you know going through your checklist before you're in a an environment that you haven't been in because it's it's been it's been very unusual hasn't it in terms of general distraction concerns worries about other things um yeah and i I just want to do a bit of a quick plug for the um skyway code actually um now i think about it the skyway code's got some got some really good good information in there i think uh, most people probably know about the skyway code now you can find it on the uh caa website or just google skyway code um you can download the the pdf um or you you can actually purchase a hard copy as well if you wanted to um i've got a pdf version on my my ipad there's a really good mnemonic actually uh, now think about it in the skyway code called i'm safe um just i am so india mike sierra alpha uh, foxtrot echo um i'm safe mnemonic and it just talks about illness medication, stress, um, alcohol, fatigue, and eating. I know for sure that my circumstances <laughs> during this lockdown have changed. I've definitely been drinking a few more uh, beers and G&Ts <laughs> than normal. Um, and my stress levels with teaching and working full-time have gone through the roof. So getting in the car, going to the airfield, 
I'd probably have an absolute sense of jubilation and, and freedom <laughs> and relief. Um, <laughs> so I probably wouldn't want to carry that on into the cockpit. As my, uh, as my boss in the Navy used to say, just pause two marching paces, think about what you're doing and then then crack on. Now, I'm impressed that, did you remember that I'm safe, Neil, or did you look that up <laughs> in the Skyway um, Code? <laughs> I, I may have cheated knowing that we were recording this podcast this afternoon, Hannah, yes. <laughs> but there's no, there's no harm, is there? There's no there, harm Absolutely. In well, that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point, Neil, because during this time, no, we can't fly, oh, well, DFT guidance permitted and whatnot. But during this time, we haven't been able to fly. It's a great opportunity to dust the books off and read some theory mm. uh, that we've yeah. probably forgotten <laughs> since we've taken our tests. Definitely. So should we, are we ready to move to the kind of the next phase? We're, we're, we're happy with moving on this journey to sort. So we're, at, we're kind of pre-flight at the airfield next, I guess. Um, yeah. Just to follow it through. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm kind of picturing. Good. I'm kind of picturing myself now. I've, I've yeah, books, books. You're the dreaming aircraft. now, aren't you? You're there. Yeah, I know, I'm actually. Yeah. <laughs> I can only oh. imagine that sort of. Uh, it must just be. Uh, it must be really difficult not to have that sense of freedom, or not to have had that sense of freedom for so long. Um, it, yeah. So, so kind of as you've just said, kind of reining it in and checking on yourself all the time is. is it's obviously really important. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm quite cautious anyway uh, with, with things, but I, I, I know that I would deliberately, as you say, just check myself a, a, a bit more. I'd spend longer on flight planning. Um, I don't know about you, Hannah, but but I, I like to have a have a good think about the flight planning at home, and I always check NOTAMs and obviously check check the weather using. Uh, mess office app or, or the mark one eyeball as well often helps but i actually quite like to do my my sort of most of my flight planning when i get to the airfield mm. um and i and I, I know that you know right now i'm just sort of picturing myself arriving at the at the flying club um and just checking through the aircraft paperwork, checking any defect logs, checking the notams again, checking the airspace, which I, I you know, is an absolute no-brainer at the moment because obviously air traffic have, have got limited services, um, and that, you know those guys have been affected like the rest of us. You know, a lot of them have had to self-isolate and things. So I double-check airspace. Uh, it's probably been some airspace changes as well. I'm thinking of Farnborough off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, February that was as well. So yeah, make sure your maps up to date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charts up to date. Um, and yeah, I'd, 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 I'd honestly, I don't know about you, Hannah. I would, I would plan for really simple flights. Um, I know it's not always possible to do A to A. Um, pretty tricky if you're a balloon pilot i know that um <laughs> and if if you've got a if, you know if you fly fly from a small strip and you've got to you've got to nip in somewhere to get fuel and things like that that's obviously you know an added complexity but for, for me i'm quite lucky i could do an a to a flight you know take off from headcorn probably do some general handling on my own uh keep the distractions in the cockpit as low as possible but yeah just really think it all through before before even walking out to the aeroplane. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Neil. Uh, the, the key one really f- for me at this time will be the NOTAMs because they are, you know, your go-to point for information that's changed. Uh, you know, they allow you to understand what operational environment you are flying in. So, you know, it, 
right now, NOTAMs are, are so important. Other users have taken advantage of the fact that GA have not been uh, flying as much. You know, military, drone users especially. Um, you know, going to the NOTAM to find out what's changed is is so important. For example, the, the airfield I normally fly from in the UK is, is Leon Solent um, and operations have, have recently started there with a, a drone to take medical supplies to the Isle of Wight and that's created a temporary danger area up to, I think it's about 2,000 feet, but I'd have to double check that on the NOTAMs um, and, and that's from May through to July. Now, if I wasn't checking the NOTAMs, I wouldn't know that that was was happening and you know this drone doesn't have any sort of detection technology on board so it's a case of looking out for it and understanding as well what it's going to be doing uh, so you can keep you can best plan to keep yourself safe uh, and, and away from away from that drone so it's just stuff like that you know and also there, there is a good news story to this you know um, since uh, since this situation has has, has occurred, COVID nineteen, um, and there has been a lack of people flying commercial aircraft and whatnot, um, airspace. Airspace, sorry, has actually some of it has actually been declassified or uh, has been closed on, on some accounts, um, and that reflects as well as Neil said the reduced service in certain uh, air traffic control units and the fact that remember when you're planning some airports or airfields that you think will be open will not be open, so fact that into your you know emergency procedures if you were to have one, um, but. Yeah, if you go to the NOTAMs, the NOTAMs are your place, your point of reference for, you know, what airspace is open, what has potentially been closed, and, and it could give you even more freedom. So, can't stress how important it is to, to check the NOTAMs. Yeah. Hannah, yeah. You, you mentioned emergency procedures there. Now, I know I've seen a lot of people talking about it online, and, and one of the things I think people are really sort of keen that they brush up on is their kind of auto responses or checklists or whatever that they would have to emergency situations in the flight so you know guys is that something you'd be you'd be looking at well definitely definitely the military drummed this into me i have to say and uh, i don't mind admitting that i have sat at home behind the kitchen table with the checklist out and uh, <laughs> pretended i'm in the cockpit and uh, and worked that's a good through. pilot meal yeah <laughs> well you got you got to do something haven't you to, uh... family were slightly worried about that one were they? <laughs> <laughs> no, bringing a no whole new meaning usual. to armchair pilot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no more than norm normal that they'd, they'd be worried but we, I mean, we used to use cardboard cutouts of cockpits, honestly, to uh, to just sort of hone up on those on those checks. Now, I know it's not always possible to get a cardboard cutout of your cockpit, but <laughs> knowing knowing yeah knowing what would you you would do in the event of a uh, of an engine fire or an engine failure, whether in the air or on the ground, um, and just having those off off the top of your head, um, critical. And um, and the other thing as well is I don't know about you, but I've sometimes, hand up, been guilty of not following the checklist diligently when I've been doing my walk around. And I tell you what, there's no way I would do that now. Um, I, I would follow that walk around checklist um, to the absolute letter. So important. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Neil. And I'm also prone to the same, you know, walking around your, your aircraft, not diligently following the checklist. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now is yeah, the best time yeah. to do that. Exactly, exactly. Um, and also, I just, I know there's a lot of exemptions at the moment as, as well, which are really, really, really helpful. Again, you know, another plug for uh, CAP 1913. 
but 90-day rule um, still applies. There's been no exemptions to that. So, Except that you can't, as it currently stands, fly with any passengers, but when you can, absolutely. Well, exactly, yeah. 90-day exactly. rule. Well, unless, of course, yeah. they, they are... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're a direct member of your family, you could take them. As can, a, as yeah. a yes, can, good point. So, yeah, good yeah, point. It's, uh, it is still applicable, yeah. Yeah, I always do the um, sort of, you know, would I, would I take my children flying check? And if I, if I feel uncomfortable at the thought of taking my own kids flying, then I know that I've got to be super cautious. I've got to do this solo. I've got to minimize the distractions and I've got to really, really tighten up on my skills. Um, there's no way I'd, I'd be going flying with, uh, with Lucy and Ben at the moment. No way. Um, yeah. and I yeah. think that's always a, for me, that's always a good test. The, uh, would I, would I take a member of the family flying test? Yeah. And you know, the 90 day rule, the three takeoffs and landings uh, before you take in the preceding 90 days before you take passengers, um, you know, people go up and they'll do three takeoffs and landings in the circuit and I'll be like, right, I'm ready. I'm going to stick, oh, yeah. stick people in the back. But at the end of that third uh, landing, you need to really ask yourself, was that acceptable? Do you feel good about putting other people in your aircraft? Because just because it's three doesn't mean that three is an acceptable level if you are not feeling up to speed. And, you know, going back to that original big risk we spoke about, about currency and skill fed, uh, now is the time to really question your own abilities. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just conscious, Jonathan mentioned um, sort of members of the public onto airfields and things. So, there's, um, so you've got your, you've got your kind of, your flight focused walk around and checklists and everything you've checked in advance that that your airfield is is operating and any restrictions there but are there other things to look around you know to, to check that nothing's been damaged i don't know um or that everything's kind of where it always has been in case things have been moved around over shutdown yeah, and someone mentioned to me the other day, you know, a classic thing is if you fly from a grass strip, does anybody cut the grass? Because if they haven't, you know, think about that on your takeoff run and, yes. and what that means as well. It's it's even things like yeah. that, you know, that even if somebody hasn't been on and, you know, damaged stuff, taken the windsock or something, you yeah. know, it's just the basic infrastructure as well because That's, literally yeah. nobody has been there probably. There's absolutely no doubt that I suspect a, a few more sheep um, – and, and another another wildlife have been uh, wandering all over. Well, that might solve the grass problem, though, of course, might. <laughs> it might. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, yeah, yeah, no, good. <laughs> good call. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's a really, a really good point. Um, you know, be more vigilant as well for, for uh, FOD on the runway or on the taxiways. Yeah. And uh, and also this, Neil, great plug for our, the CA Safety Sense leaflet um, will released a few years ago. Uh, yeah. 7C, 7 Charlie is on aeroplane performance. And that sort of walks you through applying some of the safety factors uh, to take off and landing distances. So um, yeah, that could come in handy for stuff like, you know, runways that have got longer grass and usual um so i'd recommend yeah. giving that a look yeah i love i love the safety sense leaflets the uh, the information's brilliant i think some of the pictures need updating though i don't know about you hannah but we have a plan in hand um a lot of them yes do need updating but yeah well, it's I almost think... as old as the aircraft aircraft we fly neil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in, uh, that, in that sense, the pictures are quite fitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, I think they're, they're well liked and well loved, and that also probably means that um, yes. they're a bit worn out, some of them. So, yes, yeah, they, they, they and they're very useful. Updated. Yeah. So, so I don't know about you, but I'm desperate to go flying now. So, um, what is? Um, I guess we've 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 moved to the stage of you know um, we're ready to go. Um, what's what's next? What what are we thinking about um, if we're actually literally ready to get airborne now? Do you want to take this one, Hannah? Oh, I've, uh, got few, I've got a few a few thoughts. Yeah, I mean, no, start start us off if you like, Neil. That's no problem. Um, so, so again, I'm, 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 I'm a visual person, so I'm picturing myself walking out to the aircraft now. I'm doing my, uh, doing my walk around. I'm doing an incredibly thorough fuel check. Um, obviously, if it's been sat there, there's an increased chance of, of condensation and contamination with the fuel as well. Um, so that, that's probably something that's going to be pretty high up on my list of, of priorities. Um, might have been a bit of hangar rash as well. We all know what it can be like. Can just... I, can I pick... Sorry, Neil, go on. Yeah, no, no, go on. I was just going to pick up on your fuel point there because, um, you know, we're so used to, to getting aircraft normally, if you, especially if you're part of a club. Um, and, you know, the aircraft use so much that you're constantly having to top up the tanks before you go flying. Um, but fuel has been sat in the tanks for potentially quite a few months and fuel naturally degrades over time, which then will reduce the octane values. So if fuel has been sat in the tanks for a few months, just it's worth paying particular attention on your air checks. Uh, when you're checking the fuel, just smell it. If it smells funny or it smells different, uh, consider draining the tanks, consider refueling. Um, and, it, and it may cost money to do so, don't get me wrong, but if it keeps your aircraft performance as expected and it'll keep you safe, it's definitely worth the inconvenience. And if you have any doubts, just seek some advice from your maintenance organisation before you fly. Yeah, there's, there has been a few instances, incidences of uh, issues with, with fuel that's, you know, aircraft that have just been stood there with their fuel tanks um, slowly getting more and more contaminated. So, uh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty high up on my list of priorities. Yeah, and also a, a, probably a new thing to think about now in this situation is I've written down on my checklist um, about disinfecting the cockpit. So um, IASA, AOPA, they've, they've got some great guidance on how you disinfect um, the cockpit of a GA aircraft. So definitely look that up. And um, I've written it down for me to put into my flight bag as well before I leave the house. So you're not getting to the airfield and thinking, oh God, I've got no disinfectant. I've got no hand sanitizer. Uh, you yeah. know, the toilets may not be open at your airfield. Where can I wash my hands if I need to? Um, so consideration for that as well. I have seen a link. Yeah, I have seen a link. I think... Um Cap nineteen nineteen uh, might contain a link to that uh, disinfecting advice. I'm not sure. I'd have to double check, but worth a look. So, right now, I'm getting really anxious to flying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you and me um, both. I'm just getting a longer list of things yeah. to avoid yeah. getting distracted. Are we taking off now? Exactly. Yeah. Now, now, now tell me, I'm taking off now because otherwise, I'm I, you know, I might as well go home. That's, uh, You've got a taxi. You got a taxi first, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not in a helicopter. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining I've got like the perfect GA airfield where literally I just pull out of the hangar and I'm literally there on the end of the runway. You see. So that's uh, that, that would that would be nice. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> so where of are we course going? you might be listening to this. I was gonna say you might be listening to this and you might be a rotary pilot, in which case you might now be thinking, right, I'm off. Um but 
if you are flying a, a fixed wing aircraft, there will unfortunately be the inevitable uh, taxiing, which for me would be a fantastic opportunity to uh, check those brakes as usual. But even more important now, um, I'd give the, the engine an, an opportunity to get up to temperature um, before applying full power on the end of the runway. Um, I mean, obviously doing, doing power checks um, more important. Uh, I mean, obviously they're always important, but even more so now. Um, and I would just go through those really nice and slowly going through the checklist. Um, and, and it, it sounds a bit daft, but maybe just stop for 30 seconds and just visualize the flight and just thinking about all the eventualities. Um, that could happen, thinking about the eventualities on takeoff, climb out, um, the local area, and, and just get to that position mentally where I felt really, really cool, calm and collected, really. And I guess from a, from a this is going to sound, might sound terribly naive, everything is going to sound and feel very different, isn't it? So, so um, you know, engine sounds can, can give away quite a lot and can be very useful to monitor, but it might just I guess it's just about being aware that it might all sound a little bit um everything might feel a bit turned up um or a bit more intrusive than it normally would all right I was, I was just going to say yeah the you know the, the power checks you know the these are com- moving com- components that have sat there you know still for x amount of time so so being really vigilant over what your engine is actually doing before you take it into the air because once you're in the air yeah, you know that's it <laughs> yeah and yeah and i'd also try really hard not to get too excited because just thinking about it now is is making me desperate to go flying so. especially on a day like today i know Lovely blue else. skies is absolutely perfect flying weather today isn't it the viz is fantastic as well so um yes Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be there soon. Don't worry. Um, now, one, one thing that um, perhaps isn't unique to this situation, but, but we always um, speak to people about at the start of the flying season is airspace infringements. And you mentioned, um, obviously, good pre-flight planning using, um, uh, you know, all the great devices and software that's out there now. But, um, you know, uh, I presume you guys would also recommend that people use those in the air. So whether it be moving map displays, or airspace uh, alerting devices we know that if people use those they they basically don't infringe so uh, i mean i presume that's something you'd, you'd validate as well yeah uh, absolutely 100 percent um another thing I, w- I would point out is because we're trying to be a bit more flexible with airspace um you make sure you're using a frequency monitoring code where you can uh, which is essentially a listening squawk you know we spoke about the no times before about you know declassifying airspace or, or, or whatnot. Um, if you're in the air, the way that you're going to know if airspace has changed in your area, it, the best chance you've got really is sticking on a frequency monitoring code, uh, and um, and therefore the ATC will will be alert that that you're flying in that area if should airspace change suddenly, and that will help hopefully lessen your chances of, of having an infringement of some kind. Yeah, as as well as using the devices and, and yeah, anything absolutely. else that you know you you would use normally or even you know may have uh, acquired while you've been in downtime and and got used to you know or trying different things different systems yeah yeah and it goes back as well to making sure that your software is updated to reflect uh the environment i mean i'm i'm a bit of a scaredy cat so unless i'm feeling really chipper and really confident in what i'm doing i always because i like flying just for the sake of flying i'd always try and plan 
a really simple flight that just avoids any possibility of infringing any any airspace. So, but I know I know some people don't have that um, luxury. Their airfield might be very very close, uh, or even even inside um, airspace where where they have to speak to someone, and they they you know they or they might have to um, file a flight plan. You know, thinking ahead um, is for me the way forward, and just thinking about all all the different um, people that you want to speak to. Make sure you've got that written down. You know, simple things like that that are so easy to to overlook if you're in a rush, if you've got that press on itis and you just want to get airborne. You've hit on a really really good point there actually about filing a flight plan so you know it definitely recommend filing a flight plan because um you know it gives air traffic control a heads up as to you coming into the airspace basically wanting to enter the airspace um and also because they're on a reduced service a lot of them will be uh, they can therefore plan their demand around the flights wanting to leave and enter um so really really good uh point you've hit on there neil about um filing flight plan yeah well something sorry sorry no i was just gonna say we've got some we've got some really good advice on uh on on the caa web web pages about um filing flight plans and obviously again look in the skyway code if you if you're not sure how to how to do it um i know just the thought of filing a flight plan might make some people kind of panic a little bit but uh but actually they're quite straightforward um and, and well 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 worth it well worth it one thing I do want to point out that people might not necessarily be aware of, but uh, NASA's airspace user portal since COVID-19 and the, and the lockdown, um, that's actually, well, it's now unavailable, unfortunately. Um, and that was that was a tool to notify NASA of your plans to enter controlled airspace, uh, which is another reason why, why filing a flight plan can come in really handy during this time. Yeah. Just something to bear in mind. And may I throw in, um, there's all sorts of resources. I'm sure we'll, we'll put, uh, plug a load of links to the end you mentioned skyway code but um airspacesafety.com which is a joint caa mod and nats website um i'm absolutely sure there's a card on there for helping you prepare your transmissions uh, radio transmission so if you are um if you want to be extra prepared you can literally download it fill it in practice what you're going to say you'll never be too prepared can you amen (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a really good resource as well there's some some excellent stuff on there now um obviously nobody wants to think about well they should think about emergencies um and I, i i think you know i think it's really worth pointing out we've spoken about um, air traffic capacity and some of the, the units may not be fully up to capacity but I think it's absolutely worth pointing out to people that that doesn't count if you need their emergency or urgent assistance so I think D&D are absolutely active and working and, and we know we've heard from all the ANSPs that provide LAR services and others that if you do need them for an emergency they, they are available as they would have been at any other time yeah definitely don't, just don't be afraid to speak up no exactly yeah even absolutely if, uh, even if you're um, temporarily unaware of your position <laughs> is that what you call it <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to do air traffic control at a very small airfield in the middle of nowhere prior to a lot of gps and the the very frequent call was i'm temporarily unsure of my exact position <laughs> Um, and uh, yes, uh, definitely ask because it was, it was quite easy for us to help people if they did ask. Um, now, um, what 
have we not covered? Uh, what what are we desperate to uh, get over to people that we haven't already spoken about? Is there anything? Um, oh. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh-huh. We've probably missed something, but um, yeah, stay safe really is the key message. Yeah, you know, make sure exactly. that you're, you feel happy uh, going up there. If there's anything whatsoever that you think, I'm not sure about this, there's no harm. There's no harm in you saying, I'm going to wait uh, or I'm going to wait until I can fly with an instructor no harm in that so so david is going to ask the final question to you which builds on that doesn't it david it does so so imagine you're just able i mean socially distance permitting you're able to just push pause on somebody about to to commit to their to their sort of return to service flight if you're able to kind of whisper one thing to them what would it be i'd say slow down and think yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, I think that's that's pretty perfect, to be honest, Neil. Um, if you're feeling up to it and you're feeling ready and you're ready to go, um, would be yeah. Keep it simple. Keep keep it easy. Don't don't push yourself too hard. Yeah. Oh, enjoy good. it. Stay and safe. enjoy your flight. Yeah. 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 Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Well, and then you will enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, thank you both. That's been uh, hopefully very useful. It was useful for me. I learned a lot there. Um, and hopefully for GA community out there, it will be of use as you, you return to flying. Um, that's it for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, as usual, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future podcasts. Um, subscribe if you, if you want to through all the usual channels. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is CAA On Air.